0: Jesus, Messiah, Messiah. Oh.
1: want him to come by your way this morning. You have a need this morning. You want to draw on him. Not one of us has come here this morning just to be seen and heard. If we are, may God awaken us to the greater, which is that we come in contact with him this morning. As we just pause for a moment and you want to just calm your heart before the Lord. And as we just open the word right away. You just think on him and draw from him in the service. Heavenly Father, this morning we've gathered in. Wanna thank you for the service, for the singing, for the saints that are here, for the visitors that are in your in our gates. We want to thank you for every child. We want to thank you for every parent. We want to thank you for each every elderly one that's here. I remember this morning, Lord, Sister Lydia. She's just had a little health issues, and we want to remember her. I want to remember my mom as well, and Lord, just had some pains in her leg this last week, and I just ask that you'd minister to her as well. Father, we thank you this morning for our brother Justice that's here. You know how the enemy would love to have come and taken him, but Lord, we claim him for you. And I thank you that you have him here today along with his mother. I pray, Father, now as we just approach your word, you know everyone that's in divine presence. You know those things that are heavy on our hearts. Now as we look in your word, minister to us. Take me aside, Lord. Many thoughts I would have, but I want to just commit my ways to you. Bless the service today. Grant it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll invite you to turn to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 21. Uh, this will be uh, a service that will follow where we spoke last week on the generation of the fulfillment. And uh, as I said, I have more on my plate than I probably can deal with this morning. Um, there's a good chance I'm actually going to take this into the evening. I spoke to Brother Moses about that, and he was very kind and consented, so we are to switch a service if we need to, but I, I don't want to wear anybody out. I want to just get to the point here and then move along with that. So Luke chapter 21, verse 20, and when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then shall you know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let that not them that are in the countries enter therein. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Now, God watches over his word. He watches over it. When Amalek did what they did to Israel, God watched all the generations of Amalek down through history. When God had a prophecy that he would come and Jesus came in Isaiah, well Isaiah there was a prophecy that, that one would come and that light would come and, and 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 Jesus would pick up the scripture and the scroll and fulfill that hundreds of years later. He would stop, but there was a portion unfulfilled that is being fulfilled. That is the days of vengeance. And it was God who was watching over his word when he saw all that Jezebel had done that he he now sought and that was the quote we just shared. He took counsel to see how he could make the word be fulfilled. So God is watching to see all things be fulfilled. So this is this is a principle. Now I'm going to jump down to verse 25 and there'll be signs in the sun and in the moon and the stars And upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. If you've been around the message a while and you heard this message and you heard it in its infancy, you wondered, what's that look like down the road? Well, I'll tell you, you're seeing it in the news every day. You're seeing the fulfillment of the days of Sodom. You're seeing it on a scale that is unprecedented. You're seeing distress among nations. You're seeing Mr. Putin play around with nuclear missiles in a way that's unprecedented. Friends, it is banks are failing. But there's also something else God's watching over her. A group of people that are looking for the fulfillment of things. I'm looking for his coming. He'll go on to say in, in verse 27, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin, begin to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Verse 29, he speaks this parable, behold the fig tree, all the trees. When they shoot forth, you shall see and know of your own cells that summer is now nigh at hand. The fig tree is Israel. All the other trees, all the other nations, they're blooming, they're coming into their fulfillment. When these things come to pass, know that it's now nigh at hand. God is coming to reap the harvest that has been sown. We are in the generation of the harvest. He says, verse 32, verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Which generation? The generation that sees these things. And he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Here's the warning, verse 34. Take heed to yourself, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting Drunkenness cares of this life, so the day come upon you unawares, for as a snare shall it come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch you therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And the church said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. May have your seats. Scripture we all know, Malachi 4. I want to read from verse 1. This is prophecy that was spoken in the Old Testament that's been fulfilled in part, but is yet being fulfilled. For behold, the day cometh and shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root or branch." We've made jokes about it sometimes in saying, well, it doesn't matter, it's all going to burn anyway. You know, and we can do it, but as the day gets closer, what does that mean to us that are right in the threshold of it? How do we act? How do we talk? How do we conduct ourselves? He goes on to say in verse 2, but unto you that fear my name, shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. So that's coming. That is coming. But before that happens... He says, Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb in all, for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. It was Isaiah that said one day, all the tables will be filled with vomit. Everything will go back to a place where, you know, just just come out of something but go back to something. We've seen the cycle of revival that's happened over the years. It started in the Reformation in Germany when a man named Martin Luther. But the cycle of revival would come and it would come into place and it would come to a season until Satan would deform it. Satan would come and and what began, began to be the ushering in of denomination. A denomination doesn't start on necessarily a bad principle. God has done something. How can we preserve it? How can we protect it? But the minute man puts his hands on it, God leaves that. And it becomes a husk. So we know that there were stages of the plant that had to come forth. So there was a revival that hit Germany. There was a revival that hit England when it was men like, like uh, uh, Spurgeon and it was men like Wesley and different ones that would come. But that revival would die. And if you look at where it's at today, I came across something here the other day Well, it was probably a year ago or better now. I came across it and they talked about churches that are no longer used. And these are big stone buildings in Scotland and places. And they can't find any use for them. So they're turning them into bars. They're turning into horror houses. They're turning what was once God's, God's holy house where his spirit would come to. They're turning them into places that have just become Just a a shadow, a husk of what it used to be. Now you can bring that right to where we're at. And I say, you can just point back and say, yeah, yeah, that, but we got to look at ourselves. Is that all right this morning? I need you to be with me. I I promise I'm going to just keep you for a while. I'll let you go. I'll, I'll probably pick it up tonight, but just stay with me. You can, okay? So there's a there's a shadow of things, but you could look at America when America had men like Charles Finney, when he would have a revival, and it's such a revival that he would be at the table and all around the table would fall under conviction. They said about Finney, he didn't have microphones, he didn't have things, but he was coming into a church where he was speaking that night. He was unaware that there was a technician working up top, so he was just checking the acoustics, and he just stood up front and he said, Repent. And that man up there fell on his knees and repented. That was revival. You could cry out, repent today, and you hardly get anybody to respond. That's the world that we live in today. America that used to have a healing revival, that would have a great call when God would sweep over it, it's a shadow of itself today. America will never come back as a nation. But out of that there came a movement that we call the message. A movement that was for a bride. It was for a people. And God designed that movement to be here in this last day. And I would just say the healing revival, the men of God that swept the land, the holiness standard that used to reflect it's not there. The only place it is, is in the message of the hour. But some of the people that lived in that, that breathed in that, they've passed on. And there's been another generation that's come up after that. And that generation has taken parts of that. But just like in every age, there's a slight diminishing sometimes. Now I believe that that was true of every age until it comes to a last age. Because there's a promise that this last age would not denominate. Now it doesn't mean that there won't be men uh, who will creep in unawares and will utilize it. But there will be a portion, there will be a remnant that will pick up everything that God intended for that age. Now I I, I bring that as a bit of a forefront. I'm going to read one thing here in a moment. There has been three main exoduses. The first exodus was a natural people out of a natural land. Israel out of Egypt. Now the second exodus, now that culminated when they went into a promised land. Okay. Now that was a natural people. The second exodus was when there was a spiritual people that came out of a natural. And the spiritual people was those that received the Messiah, that received Christ. But it was the Gentiles that actually came out of a natural people. But those days are ending, ending. And then there'll be one last exodus. That will be when there'll be a bride come out of a church. And so... A lot of what we may have grown up with, just the customs of a church, it's going to be on a higher level than that. It will not just be coming to church in a form. I I really hate it when I follow a form. I just want something to move and live and breathe and be in me. I want a service to be alive. I want God to be there. I want conviction. And I think we, we ought to pull together for that. Listen, as I said earlier, your thoughts... Are louder in heaven than your quietest amen here. So what's our thoughts as we sit in a service? If, 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 if we could take our thoughts in bodily actions. Man. Oh, boy. <laughs> Body language can say a lot. <laughs> Listen, are we together this morning? Do you love the Lord this morning? Okay, so Brother Branham will make a statement and he he will talk in the voice of the sign and he will talk about God travels in three. First coming of Christ to redeem his bride, second to receive his bride. The last coming with his bride to rule in the millennium. Therefore, the third exodus, and he, and he brings it in, in a message. He says, the pillar of fire that has received, as we have seen in this last day, this exodus will lead us to the millennium. This will not lead us to a group on earth here, but my heavenly home is bright and fair. My home, that pull that I feel, it is because our home is not here. It is over there. And I, I feel like whatever I've got to discard here, I've got to start doing it. Whatever I can do to be more attached over there, more magnetized. I, I love the, the thought that Brother Sanger had here the other day. You know, he says, Did you change your clocks? <laughs> and, 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 and a whole bunch of young people said, Change our clocks? What's that? He says, It changed automatically. That's right. And just as quick as it happened, uh, you, 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 you may have, you, if you stayed up till 2 o'clock and you watched your phone, ping, 1 p.m., it changed. Or 3 p.m., whatever it is. Depends what time of year you're at. It changed like that. So will it be, the rapture, in the twinkling of an eye. Just like that. And we will be changed. But what's going to happen? Something's going to happen before that. So the exodus that was there is to lead us to a millennium where we'll live eternity for him. This time, the appearing of the pillar of fire. In the first time, it appeared in the first Exodus into a natural land. The second time, it brought out of uh, Paul and all of those out of a a dark, you know, religious life into the freedom of Christ. This time, it's bringing a bride into a millennium. All right, Genesis chapter 1. No, sorry. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 and then I'll go back to Genesis. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 13. I want you to think for a moment about what has gone before us. This will be the basis of where I'm at here. Verse 13. These all, talking about the heroes of faith, Noah, Abraham, others that were there, Enoch, Abel. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. They were persuaded of them. They embraced them. They confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. I, I, if I could sing that song right now, I would. We are strangers and pilgrims. But they, they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, you know, that, that translates into some strange language sometimes. You know, Brother Branham would, would come and they would just say, um, do you have insurance? And he says, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I've got, a, I've got assurance. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. And, and the, the Brother Brown, I says, that will not put you in the grave. <laughs> he had the best comeback I've ever heard. He says, no, but it'll get me out. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's some strange language sometimes. You know, just just the, the solicitor that calls us with the free offer for extra cable channels. They saw that we have, we have Shaw at home. We just have it for the phone service. We don't have nothing else connected to it. He said, well, we can get you a, a, a subscription package. No, he says, we don't, need, we don't, need, we don't, we don't watch TV. I, and TV isn't the thing anymore. It's Netflix and it's uh, all kinds of other things and stuff. And Well, we can get you these other channels. He says, listen, we, 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 we don't need that. We don't want that. We don't have that. Well, well, we can offer you some, some, if you upgrade, we can offer you free theater tickets. Or, you know, Listen, we don't go to the theater. Oh, how about movie tickets? We don't go to the movies. So, and, and you know, the, the person is just listening to all of this, and finally there's this exasperation. What do you people do anyway? Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's strange. We're strangers. We're pilgrims. We're sojourners. I, I tell you what, it's not strange anymore. The day Abraham picked up and he moved out, when he, when he put the for sale sign on his property that had been there for generations, and, and the realtor came to list the house, where are you going? I don't know. Wherever God leads me. That's awfully risky. Like you got, you know, you got a lot of other things. I'll tell you what, it's better to put your trust in God. Yeah. I would rather trust in Him than be a part of this world that's here now. So truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out. They might have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better country. That is the heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed. To be called their God. He has prepared for them a city. Drop down to verse 39. This, this will be the basis now where I, I just go for the next 30 minutes. 40 minutes. And it would say. And these all having obtained a good report they received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Now I want you to think about that. The generations that went before us did not receive their perfection. There was a maturing, there was a ripening that was left for a final generation that's going to be on the earth. Uh, you know, it's wonderful when you can begin to see God do things that you could not do yourself, when you didn't have the patience that you could, when you couldn't control your temper, when you couldn't control your, 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 your gossiping, when you couldn't do those things, but God begins to do it in you. Stature of a perfect man, Brother Bannon would speak, he says, now all of these attributes, faith, godliness, temperaments, we have all of these naturally. And he would say, Branham Tabernacle, that's the problem with you. You've got too much intellectual faith. And I would say for us in the message, we've had these things intellectually. But we need God to add to it. We need God to come and fulfill the part we could not fulfill. There is a part that God has left reserved for himself. And it will take a bride, it will take a people that will be yielded unto him and say, I can do nothing like you can do in me. And it was Mary who would say, be it unto me according to your word. I'm ready to receive that life in me. I, I think we ought to have that. Listen, it's not going to be the ministers that are glorified on the other side. No, they'll be standing right with you. I'll be standing there giving praise to Him, the only one. He is the fourth man in the fire. He is the pitch that was in Noah's ark. He is the wheel that is in the middle of the wheel. He is the part that we cannot fulfill. I'm looking for Him. Now, Genesis 1. I read this last week just briefly. I'll just rehearse this. Verse 1, God created the heaven and the earth. Now just look at He's creating the framework. Verse 3, he gets night and day and he separates them. Verse 6, he creates a firmament in, in, and it divides the water. So this becomes, if we will call it, the framework of creation. This doesn't change. This is there. Now we drop down to verse 11. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed was in itself upon the earth, and it was so And the earth brought forth grass, and the herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Now, if you actually look at a part of this, I want to just make a comment on this and say this first of all. He creates a framework, but then he creates the basis for the ongoing creative work of creation. In other words, he's desiring for the earth to be filled with all of his natural goodness, botany life and all of these other things. So he has to create, he starts with creating a seed, knowing that seed will reproduce itself and within that seed may be enough for thousands and maybe millions of generations So it's the ongoing creation of God. Now there was a framework, but there was a part that would unfold over time. There was a part that was going to be ongoing, and it's going right to this very age. Why? Because you're going to take a little bulb, a tulip bulb or whatever, maybe you planted it last fall in the ground, and it's there, and it's like dead all winter, but something's beginning to happen as the sun comes. And it is regenerating itself. It is coming forth. Now the word that we have has always been there. It has been hid from the book of Genesis. It has been hid and reserved for a time because God blocked man from from having access to the tree of life. There needed to be a redemption. Christ needed to come and fulfill his part. He is that tree of life. But there was a part. Now God was going to unite man back to it. So there there was a part reserved to this last day. Now the messenger of Malachi 4 is going to do two things. He is going to fulfill the part of turning the hearts back to the faith of the fathers. So in other words, it was something that was planted, but it was going to bring them back to something. Not going to just make them become old-fashioned, but because there was a deformer that was going to come in and deform things, he was going to restore the original. And then the other thing that messenger is, is to reveal the mysteries contained in the seven thunders. Now those are the mysteries that come back all the way to, to the book of Genesis that have been hidden. And God held them because at the last day, there would come a need to have them. Evil would come so far. I'm getting ahead of myself. I've got to slow down. But I, I will say this. The messenger on this last day would sow the seeds of the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelations. Okay? Knowing it will produce in the time that it will come for. So the seed would have an ability in verse 11 and 12 to bring forth, it would, it would contain within that seed all the characteristics, all the nature. It would contain the ability to pre- reproduce, and it would, it would set in line the continuity of God's Word. As long as we stay in the channel of God's Word, it cannot fail. The Word is a seed, and it has an infallibility associated with it. Heavens and earth will pass away, but my Word will never pass away, he says. Now, there was also an enemy that was privy to it, and Satan, you can pick this up, and he says, and Satan heard what God said, Genesis 3, verse 16, about there will come a seed of a woman, and he heard that. So it was always in him to try to block that seed from coming to fruition. So he also works in the characteristic of perversion and high breeding. You know, uh, Genesis 1 verse 14 also introduces one other thing I'm going to just bring in here. Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven. Divide the day from the earth. Let them be for signs, for seasons, for days and years. So that was God writing his first Bible, putting planets and stars and putting Capricorn and putting you know Leo the lion and putting the Virgin and and that was God writing his first Bible. So that would only unfold over time. So I'm, I'm just showing how, how God would do it. Now all of this was to generate, to cause to give rise to to induce, to bring into existence. Genesis 2, verse 4, would would talk about after Genesis 1, and now God's resting, and this is really a type of the seventh seal, where God is resting, these are the generations of the heavens, of the earth, when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. So, he created them. The Bible says in Acts 15, it says, known unto God are all his works from the beginning. He knew what it would produce. He knows when, you know, there's the logos, which is the thought and, and such. He knows what the characteristics are with that. So you can take a, a scripture like. Uh, my son shall come forth out of Egypt. Well, you could say that applied to Moses, but it also applied to Christ. There was multiple meanings to it. But God brings his word to pass in its season by bringing it to pass. So in, in Genesis 2, in verse 4, then if we, we read this, he's talking about it. And if you read further down in there, he will talk, and then, and then the earth began to bring forth. But in God's mind, it already had brought forth. So, so he already had brought it forth, but yet there was a manifestation, and, and, and it's like the farmer planting the seed in the ground. You know, he, he, he plants it, he by faith, he waters it, he does everything, but he has to wait till it comes forth. And so was God watching with faith that it would bring forth. And just because you see a little sprig come forth, that's not the completion or the evolution of the genetics of that seed. But God knows what's in the seed. So now just jumping forth, another principle, Genesis uh, five verse one. this also talk of the book of the generations of Adam. So God would, would take a genealogy, often in the Bible, and if you read this Genesis five, verse one, probably down to about, I think it's verse uh, 15 or 18, or whatever it is, but he will talk about the generations. And an interesting, you won't find Cain in there anywhere. And you'll see that the seventh from Adam was Enoch. So God was already laying seeds there for what he would do in a future time. God is is way ahead of things. God knew in this last time there would be a generation so wicked that the only way of escape was going to be to rapture this is the generation as surely as god raptured enoch so much sure is the fulfillment of the type that we live in in this day my mother worked for years as a seamstress in the hospital and she worked in a woman a woman next to her in the hospital who happened to be the mother of a friend of mine that was in the world when I was in high school. And a friend of mine, you know, not, not Christians or anything, the woman that worked with my mother was a drinker, smoker, you know, and she's, she's passed on now. But she met my mom, you know, she knew my mom, there was something different about her. She met her many years later. And uh, <laughs> my mom, I was not one who was a social person. I still remember her. She'd, She'd come out of the hospital. She, you know, they they didn't have smoking rules, and sometimes she had to put up with it, and it was enough. And she came out, she sat by the bus stop waiting to take the bus home. And this guy sat beside her smoking. And, you know, she's worked all day and now the smoke is drifting over. She stands up and she tells to the guy, she says, Listen, the wind is blowing this way. You sit over there, I'm sitting here. And he goes, What's up with that? He says, what, you got something against smoking? And she turns and says, if God meant for you to smoke, he would have built you a chimney. Hey, I like Brother Jonathan, medical field. Everybody quit smoking sooner or later. Even the smokers. When they go in the grave, they're not smoking anymore. Seriously. So, you know, she was there, but my mother, and and the lady knew something, and she met her many years later. She says that That thing you believe is it's still true, and my mother looks at, she says, it's more sure than ever. Amen. Friends, that's the possession that we 've got to have in the face of everything that we 're facing. It is more sure than ever. Amen. So God would have generation, he'd have a genealogy associated with Adam now. Under the Adamic covenant, man fell, could not raise from it. So God would introduce, and in Genesis 12, he would introduce a man named Abraham, and he would tell Abraham, he says, you leave your people, and when you leave, I'll make a great nation of you. And I, I will make your name great, and you'll be a blessing. And and in thee, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So the blessing that came upon Abraham also came on his seed. But it only came when Abraham was obedient. And God knew that even in Abraham there was going to be, you know, he's he's not going to be able to tell the truth all the time. He's going to lie. He's going to get under pressure. He's going to say things. But yet God's grace was greater than that. But he also knew that Abraham, that Abraham as we read when we had the dedication, that I'll reveal things to him because he will teach his children. So he knew that within Abraham there was a generation that would come forth and Abraham would be diligent to follow that. And you can see that with Abraham when he met Melchizedek. Melchizedek, you know, there was nowhere there's written, you've got to pay tithes. But something in Abraham was designed that when he met the king, he says, I'm giving you a tenth. Just like that. And in the same breath, a couple of verses later, he meets the king of Sodom, returning Lot back to, to the place that he came from. And the king offers him gifts. He says, I don't want a thread or a shoe latchet. It was a disassociation with the world. Friends, I will say this this message cannot be mixed. This message, don't water it down. Keep it pure. I'm going to play something here in a moment or two. So just stay with me. Don't water it down. This generation needed to hear the word pure again. This generation needed the voice of Elijah. Faithful Elijah. I've got to save that for tonight a bit. This generation. And I say... Not only the generation because the scripture identifies in the days of the voice. So we're talking about a generation. If you can hear the voice of Elijah you're a part of a generation. In the days of the voice I'm a part of it. I wasn't in the meetings but I've heard the voice and the voice is getting me ready. I'm a part of the fulfillment of it. Now so God gives this promise to him, and he tells him, you know, it's, it's God introducing another work. You know, I, I love Abraham because even when he buried Sarah, Genesis 23, there's a whole scripture, the men of that area were going to give the land to him. And he says, no, I'm going to buy it. I am not going to take it as a gift because Satan would have a string attached. I'll tell you, if, if this message, I, I, it ought to be higher than just an association with, with, with somebody at work or somebody at school. Higher than anything else you've ever got. Whatever you sign up for, you know, whatever offers, this one is, is eternal. It is pure. So in Genesis 15, God now, you'll just turn to that for a moment. God speaks to Abraham and he tells him in verse 5, Genesis 15, verse 5, and he says, he brought him forth abroad, look towards the heaven, tell the stars, if you'll be able to number them. And he said, so shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it for him for righteousness. Now, so, so there's a promise, and I believe we ought to recognize, as, as I have now crossed into Grandparent status. I'm not going to get any softer, don't worry. At least not up here. <laughs> Some brothers are going, yeah, sure, sure, sure. No, I'm not. Because God's not a grandfather. But but he has a seed that follows through. But I, I will say it this way. As, as I get older, I'm recognizing If I am not part of the generation that sees it, let me be faithful to all that have gone before me. What house will you build me? Brother Branham, 1965. Oh, I just long to see this go on. But let me be faithful to all that have gone before me and to those that will come behind me. Let me be faithful to plant something that my son and my son's children and my daughter's children can also take with them. Because the goal is to be up there in the end. Let me be faithful. So it's not about me. It's about the part I play in the lineage. It's about the part we play so we can't live for ourselves. I'm not going to really get into this the way I'm going to have to save some of her next Sunday as far as the generation that we live in. Because there's a culture associated with every generation. Hey, I, I, you can, I've I got to save that, so just leave it. I am not going to allow the, the, the culture, the influences to pervade what God wants kept pure in this generation. Listen, we can let down the bars. We, we can travel and say, ah, I'm on holidays. I'll be like the rest of the tourists. You're a Christian wherever you are. You're on a beach, you're a Christian. You're up in a in summer, you're a Christian. I'm not just like the tourists, no. I, I, I love warm weather as much as anybody else, but I'll tell you what, it's just something greater inside than that. And No matter what our culture brings. Well, in our cultural, cultural, we do all kinds of things at different events and ceremonies. I'll tell you what, we need to get conditioned to a message culture, not our nationalistic culture. We've been invited, I, I, I said, we've been invited to weddings and there's dancing. I'm sorry. That's not part of what I feel comfortable with. And if you do, I, I, I'll leave that to you. But I'll say that is something, there's a dance that's right. And the dance is before the Lord. As David danced, I will dance. You want to see that, don't you? You know I can't sing, but you don't know how I can dance. You watch and see. The first five minutes in heaven, you see a little whirlwind. That'll be me. Maybe it'll happen once in a while here. Oh, Brother Ed, he couldn't sing, but he sure can dance. Just That's right. Yeah. I heard he even dances with his wife at home a little bit. Yeah, I just swing her in my arms. Give her the dip and come back up. Hello, honey, I'm home. You do that too, Brother Glenn. Wonderful. As long as you can get up. That's the main thing. (laughs) Sister Rhea, we're going to pray for you that there's no injury that befalls you, okay? (laughs) All right. (laughs) How did I get so... Brother Glenn, you distracted me completely here. Okay, thank you. I can move on now. So, so he tells him this, but let's just drop down to Genesis 15, verse 13. So now here, here it, it, it comes, and, and God gives him a warning. He's saying, and he said to Abraham, "'Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and they shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years.'" And also that nation whom they shall serve shall judge, and afterwards shall they, they, shall they come out with great substance. And you shall go to your fathers in peace, and you'll be buried in a good old age. So now he's telling them, relative to deliverance, there was going to come uh, an equivalent part of the manifestation of the Amorites. Uh, of the iniquity of the Amorites would be fulfilled, it actually... I don't know if I read that here right now, but it it, it talks about it. He says in in verse, verse 16, sorry, but in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Now, I don't know what it takes for God to judge this nation. I don't know how much it will take in terms of the transgender, the homosexuality, and I will say even what's coming into churches. But God has to make a way. As that evil is rising and God's going to pronounce judgment on it, he has to make a way for the people within. And that way was Malachi 4. Now I I want you just to, I I want you to appreciate. I, I took time last Sunday and I labored on the simplicity of what we believe. Listen, I appreciate the message more than I ever have. And I think we need to plant these seeds continually. I want you to look, you come to church here and maybe we just take it a little for granted. Sister Ruth, can you get ready to play that first clip? I want you to look at what people that go to church every day hear. Now you're gonna hear a man who who is talking against what's out in, you're going to recognize a couple of faces and a couple of names. But I want you to look at what's out there in the world today. Okay? Now this is just a short clip. It, there's, there's a brother who just talks about some fellow ministers and he says how the gospel has been so watered down. Now you say, oh that's out there. These influences are upon us. Okay, let's play this first one
0: pastors stand up today and when they preach on a topic that's controversial as you're thinking evolved on in this e- evolved and evolving yeah i've talked to enough lgbt they are not all the same their message usually dies the death of a thousand qualifications will a gay person be accepted into heaven well i believe they will it's a hard thing in a sense because i'm not i'm for everybody i think we're all changing and to think that we're all going to be without one sin i don't think any of us would make it to heaven you will not hear guys stand up for the most part and preach on the issue of homosexuality without. 15 minutes of justification
1: I know 1 Corinthians 6 and I know Leviticus and I know Romans 1 It's so interesting to talk about all that stuff A gay man or woman who wants To worship their heavenly Father? They have more faith than a lot of you We have some things to learn
0: Now I love homosexuals, I have friends who are homosexuals I am not here to say You know? We try to be like Jesus Very rarely did Jesus ever talk about Morality or social issues
1: Just say what the book says
0: Pastors stand up today and when they preach Okay, just stop,
1: stop it there, Sister Ruth. I don't know if you could slow that down. I think sometimes there's a if you can't find it, that's fine. Now, listen, this is this is making the gospel socially acceptable. This is the world that we live in. There are celebrities that attend mega churches. And they love these churches because they never get called out for sin. They love these churches because it never touches them. They love it because everybody is accepted. Listen, friends, you're accepted. If you're accepted before God, that's what you need to strive for. I'll say this. The message of Elijah, I, I, I really ran out of time today, but I'm going I'm to pick this up and recultivate it tonight a little bit. Listen, the the, the transition, you say, well, we've had Elijah. The message of Elijah is still good today. Amen. It is good to every generation that is coming under the sound. It's the same message. I, I really will need to address some things that I will, but, you know, it's just little things like songs. You know, sometimes the older generation, well, we just love the old songs. I think we all ought to love the old songs. But we also all ought to say that God has new inspiration that comes. And we also ought to say that will bring these, some young people to a place. Now, there's also other things that come with it. And we need to safeguard against those things. We don't want secular music. I, I, I need to take some time with music. I've been talking with a brother who's, who's done a whole series. And we're going to have him come sometime. Brother Marcus Becker from Germany. But he's done a whole thing on, on music. And I think we ought to understand the dangers of it. Amen. Friends, we need the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need to understand where we're at. So it's not within a church, well, I'm of the old song crowd, and I'm of the new song crowd, and oh, they just sing all, listen, we're all one. We are one people, one go- under one God, under one messenger, yes. and I think we ought to make room for God working in every life. I, we, Brother man would talk a little bit, you know, sometimes you look at these men, I'm going to have you play the second clip here for a minute, but these are mega churches and, and, and men and They're addressing homosexuality. They're going on television. Is it true that a homosexual can't make it? Well, there's a 15-minute oration, on on you know, and you don't even know what they said. Sounds like a lot like a House of Parliament, but but you don't know what they said after they finished answering what they think they've answered, but they haven't even answered it. Now this is another man. He's a. I, I appreciate some of what I heard. It's a man named Paul Washer. He's he he's got an element of morality. But he's going to speak a little bit and he's going to speak about what is grievous to him. Remember in Lot, Lot was in Sodom but it grieved his heart. Now here's a man, he may not have had the message but he's, he's grieved by some of what he sees. Just play this clip if you will. To me, any doctrine, 99.9% of people are not bad people. Any principle. The
0: more you give to me, the more I
1: Long. And say, you see, God, I have got my receipt from my sewing, and now I have a need,
0: and I'm cashing in my receipt. Any teaching. It's always been in you. It's always been in you. That is placed beside the gospel. Whatever you do right now, don't you stop tithing, are given more emphasis than the gospel. Make the vow now. And then obey the Lord and sow that seed. And watch what God will do with you. I want to hear about your miracle.
1: No matter how harmless it may be in itself, immediately turns into a doctrine of demons. And you listen to me. Any yeah, that's good. I'm going to ask you, friends. Where is a voice in the land today like the voice that you and I have? This generation needed the voice of Elijah. Where would you be? Where would I be if we didn't have this message? Where would we stand today? Where would our children be? Where would our grandchildren be? We need the message. And friends, we don't just need it. And then let's, let's just make it socially acceptable. Let's, let's make it fit modern terms, this message cannot be denominated. Amen. Don't touch it. We we add to it. We take away for it, and it's no longer pure. It needs to remain pure Amen. so that a final generation can receive the full inheritance. Amen. But the enemy comes. Now, I, 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 I'll just bring this in now just while I'm here. Just, I'm, I've left my notes 10 minutes ago and I'm just going to follow through. But listen, there there is, there is, under Elijah, and I'll take it a little tonight, but there's an Elisha that follows. But Elijah was, was the original that God used as a seed to generate further Elijah ministries. And the Elijah seed, now, Elisha that followed him, there were certain characteristics Elijah was looking for. He saw Elisha, and Elisha was plowing a row, and he watched, and he was careful about plowing it straight. He wasn't on his cell phone looking at where he's going. Okay? Uh, Listen, I'm just saying, he was interested in hitting a mark. And he saw a characteristic in Elisha, and he said... Burn your tools and follow me. And, he, and he, he immediately went and did it. Listen, he burned everything like a woman at the well. She left her water pot. She left those things. We've got to leave things behind. We've got to turn off apps on our phone. We've got to stop some associations. If you want God. Now, we, when we were away on vacation, we were in Hawaii and we're kind of going, and there's some kind of neat stores. There was a store with, with, I realized when I went to Hawaii, I packed too much. I didn't need five pairs of socks. I needed one coming and one going. The rest of the time, I was wearing sandals. But I, I'll just say this, so we're walking, and there was a sandal store. And had every kind, I thought, wow, this is amazing. I said, but I am going back north, so I really won't need these for a while. And then I went past another store, and I thought, wow, this is kind of a neat store. Let me go in and check it. And it was called Smart Fit. I thought, wow, I wonder what this is all about. And I realized it actually wasn't a clothing store. It was an exercise store. It means that you got a lot of clothes in your closet that you can't fit into. And the way to fit into them is to change yourself. And I'll say the way that this message was, was not to be changed to fit us, but we need to be changed to fit the message. (laughs) And the Bible would say it took 10 years for Elisha to be able to fit Elijah's robe. Why are we still here? Because he's still working on me. He's still changing me. He's making me what I ought to be. I believe we need to take the application. I thought, well, that's a good one. I, I need to get back on the treadmill. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to get back to the principles so that the message doesn't fit just me, but I fit the message. Hey, 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 and you can say, well, that's old-fashioned. I, I'm glad our young people aren't here today. I, I, I believe God's been meet, dealing with them and moving. I talked to Brother Steve, and he said that tremendous service last night. God really moved, and I'm really happy for that because they need it. Listen, my wife grew up and she went to camps and she met the Lord there and it's kept her. And I'll say we need to be diligent what we teach our children, how we teach them. You know, here, go listen to this tape. I think it needs to be a little deeper than that. I think it needs to sit down and let's open it, let's talk about it, let's be together on this. You know, when, when, a, when a mother she was teaching her daughter the principles around the house. You know, it, 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 sometimes there's a recipe. We got a few recipes in the family that, that, that only Sandy's grandmother can make. And, and yet, there's some pretty good reincarnations that have happened in the generations that follow. But the standard is her grandmother. And you know what? You, you can say, well, give me the recipe. And then they go home and they try the recipe and it just flops. Well, there's a lot of things that need to be taught in between. You know, so when the yeast rises this far, about that time, set it aside, do this and do this, and then just preheat the oven, and then about that time, just push it in. Hey, we had, a, we had my son and his wife over with their little child, and we took pictures of them all. And I look back, and I don't see any pictures of, of them. I just see the pictures of the little one. And, and, but while they're there, he wanted some brownies. He said, okay, well, you dip this in and just check. If it's still gooey, don't do this. And if it's there, just, you know, how do these things get passed on? It takes time. It takes effort. It takes us to be concerned with the generation that will follow. Hey, what, a, what, a, what did this mean when Brother Branham did this? Well, here's how it is. How did it affect you, Dad? How did it affect you, Mom? Well, I met. God, and it was on my knees, and I gave this, and I emptied out, and he filled me. That's what we need to have. It's not just passing on something, but it's actually living it and doing it out. There's not one of us in this room, as a parent, and say, I fulfilled it to the T, Brother Ed. I did it all. No, we didn't. We made mistakes. We didn't realize. But I'll say this, God is never too late. And I say this, you keep loving, you keep sowing, you keep planting, you keep, one day we'll preach on it in in a really good way, but there will come a time that the reaper will overtake the sower. Before, before we ever have a chance to say the word, the reaper, the reaping that we're having, the divine love will overtake the word that we're trying to sow because the love will catch. The fruit will catch. They'll see something in you. They'll say, where did that come from? I want what you got. And I think we need to live in that. Create that atmosphere around us. Let it live. We're coming to a conclusion of the matter. Genesis 17, I'll wind down with this, I'll let you out right away, because I have tonight to take this into, I really didn't even, I got a third of the way through, so I'm going to have to move quick tonight. Genesis 17, verse 7, I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant, to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give thee, unto thee, and thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore, thou and thy seed after thee in their generations, verse 10, this is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and thy seed after you, every man child among you shall be circumcised. Now, that's a natural circumcision, but we're talking about a spiritual circumcision. Come ye out from them. Be ye separate. Not just rules and regulations, but you need to have the seal of God inside of you. And we need to work with all that is in us to ensure that that comes down into our level. God bless you, Brother Brandon. Good to have you here. He's faithful. Faithful as work. He worked last week. He didn't have a nurse to fulfill. He stayed after a shift and worked some 20 hours straight because he wanted to make sure the seniors in his home were taken care of. God bless you. God watch over you and bless you for that. Friends, that doesn't come just because I I, want to make a name. No, because there's a sense of something inside. What stops you from Listen, let's have musicians come. I'll stop right there. I'll be faithful. Let's, let, what's, what stops you from cracking a joke or doing things? There's got to be a greater governor than just rules and regulations. There's got to be something resonates within. What stops you from going down a path and, and maybe going onto a wrong website or, or entering into a conversation or doing things that, that you, you feel that little warning? I'll tell you what I want to live close to Him, and I want to ensure that that spreads to those around me. Friends, the seed—the seed—you can really my, so many directions. The seed comes through the body. When Philip, the Ethiopian eunuch, was at a meeting, rejoicing, having a Philip met met the Ethiopian. Philip was at a meeting. And it was a great meeting, and he was maybe there singing. Just play something softly if you wouldn't mind. Play at a meeting. But in the meantime, many miles away, there was an Ethiopian eunuch reading scripture. He was reading out of Isaiah 53. He couldn't understand what it meant. Now, Philip was among the first disciples, and, and this is after the resurrection in the book of Acts. So he had witnessed Isaiah 53 being fulfilled. But here comes a man, an Ethiopian. He doesn't know what it means. He doesn't know that this is present truth. He doesn't know it. God didn't send an angel. God sent somebody that had the seed in him. And he sent Philip. He left the meeting, and he joins to the man, and he says, what does the prophet Isaiah mean here? And Philip begins to expound, and as he expounds, something comes to life, and the Ethiopian says, there's much water here. What hinders me to be baptized? I'll tell you what, that's the kind of a gospel we want. It's not just at the pulpit. But it's Brother Brandon working. It's Brother John in his place. Witnessing to his family. It's it's Brother Paul. His father has passed on. But he is still a carrier. He can do these things. It's every one of us in our place. If we're sensitive, God wants to use His church. He wants to use us to be a witness. I appreciate young men rising up. Who knew Brother Joel could be an MC? He can. Brother Sam leads us in song leading. First time he's still, he's always quiet. I don't know. He stands up there and he goes, where did that come from? It was always in him. God bless you. There's gifts in this whole body. Everyone has something to give. And everywhere you go, you can give it sister Ogu is here many years ago I was a young man went all the way to Nigeria went to the capital of Nigeria it's called Lagos 9 million people you ever see a traffic circle with 5 vehicles trying to get around 5 rows of vehicles getting around in one time charged by incessant honking chaos chaos not Lagos. Went there and her husband was a pastor of the church. Had me come and speak. I was just a young minister. 30 some years ago. He's passed on now. She's still faithful. She's got grandchildren. She's still diligent. Friends, this gospel cannot be passed on intellectually. Intellectually. This world needed to hear Elijah's voice. If I'm I'm just saying one thing, don't let the devil make you think these tapes are old-fashioned. These tapes are the voice of God to us in this day. Every generation must have its own revival. I would say... Let's lift it up high. Let's not downplay it. Let's not make excuses for it. We can strive to be so politically correct. We have to watch our steps and what we say and what we do. But we also, I think, need to proclaim. As the prophet would say, Who shall declare his generation? I'm one of them. I trust there's others that want to say, I want to be faithful. Brother Branham ran his course, but there's a generation that is still here, and I want to follow that pillar of fire till it leads us right into a millennium. Let's stand together this morning. This did not go at all like expected, but I I, I just felt under such pressure yesterday, and I called Brother Moses, Brother Moses, I got a baby dedication, I got to make some announcements, I got to do all these things. I'm never going to get it off my chest, Brother Ed, whatever you want, he says, Thank you, Brother Moses. And if you can interpret this to the people in French, God bless Brother Moses. (laughs) Listen, it was Moses that had to write these words. Moses was the meekest man on earth. There's your type, Brother Moses. God bless you. (laughs) There are people almost everywhere. I'm so glad I'm one of them. And Brother John, Brother Mike, thank you, you help me. There are, are
0: people, people almost everywhere whose hearts, all hearts are all aflame. With Here the fire that fell, fell at Pentecost, which cleansed and made them clean, is burning out within my heart. All oh, glory to His name. I'm so glad that I can stay on i Yeah.